Good morning. It is Friday, December 1st, 2023. It is obviously, I would hope, obvious that it is a first Friday. So if you are considering starting the first Friday devotion, this is your opportunity today to do so. If you are considering the beginning of the five first Saturdays devotion, you can do that tomorrow. I've got numerous videos on that. If you're planning to do it, now is a great time to start. And I want to begin here today by talking about something I covered yesterday. It's a real lesson in synodality. Yesterday, I ran through the reactions to Cardinal Burke's news from various traditional conservative and Bergolian voices. One of those reactions came from Monsignor Charles Pope, who is a good priest who once in a while chimes in with something of value to add to the ongoing conversation about the crisis in the church. He is, as far as I can tell, kind of a moderate in the vein of Benedict XVI in his thinking. That's not necessarily a bad thing. The moderates often will see things that we, the rest of us, don't. Well, and I'll read you the statement he had yesterday, and then I'll give you the update. This, these are screenshots because the original, the original post on FedBook here is gone. So, with the Pope's most recent dismissal, one of his enemies, Cardinal Burke, Bishop Strickland, Archbishop Gonsvine. We are left to ponder just how petty this has become. At some point, we are forced to conclude that the Pope is behaving like a bitter, vengeful, and intolerant man through his heavy-handed actions. No accompaniment or going to the margins here. It's away with you and off to the margins with you. Meanwhile, many dissenters and others hostile to the Catholic faith are welcomed warmly at the Vatican. Believers everywhere are perplexed and saddened. I am told that even many of the Pope's allies are growing concerned and fearful. It's all very sad. However, this overreach may actually help by backfiring on the Pope and ensuring that the next conclave will practically be forced to find a man who can be a healer and uniter rather than the divisive and frankly mean-spirited leader we have now, Oremus pro Papa Francesco et pro Ecclesia. I don't share his optimism or the optimism of other people that these actions are going to get the College of Cardinals to put in somebody better next time, but that's what he said yesterday or day before yesterday. And then we got this update yesterday. I posted yesterday on my concern for certain recent actions of the Holy Father. And so doing, I have come to understand, meaning somebody told him, that this statement may have been a cause for further disunity in the church and may have incited anger and discord to the, for the Holy Father, Pope Francis. I want to be clear that I remain a loyal son of the church and acknowledge Pope Francis's authority to act on the matters in w of which I spoke. I regret the post and any bad consequences and trouble this has caused for God's faithful and my own superiors. Let us pray for the Pope, our bishops, the clergy, and all the people of God. In Jesus and Mary, Monsignor Charles Pope. So there's your update on uh, what synodality looks like. <laughs> um, clearly, that, that was written by somebody who got a phone call. Honestly, he, he I almost certainly got a phone call. I... <laughs> It, 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 the turnaround on that is was breathtaking. So let's go over here to this. We get from we 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 have there. There's a lot going on right now, and I've been working on a video on this in the morning. And I'm going to briefly show you just one thing that will be featured next week in a, in a subject on this. The uh, from our Gloria TV. This we get this story. France's persecution. It's a Papa Stronce Redemptorist turn. These are a group of uh, redemptorists based in New Zealand, and they've been announced as receiving an apostolic visitation. 
Why? Because the same reason all groups get religious groups get an apostolic visitation. And if increasingly why bishops get apostolic visitations and even why some seminaries get apostolic visitations. There's one through line with all of that. And that is that they are too traditional, whether in their like their theology or their liturgical practices or in their charisms. But this group is getting a apostolic visitation. And weirdly, it's being coordinated in some way with the secular media who are accusing them of all sorts of weird, bizarre stuff that doesn't have anything really to do with any concern that the outside world should have. What a religious community does that, that is perfectly in fine with the laws of the land, why should they care? But they do. They're chiming in at the same time that an apostolic visitation has been announced there. So keep, the, uh, keep those redemptorists in your prayers as we get ready to shift to our main story for the day. But I wanted to remind people here that our today's episode is going to be brought to you today by fide.email they are a they are an uh, a catholic owned email service uh that is an alternative to all the mainstream options out there for their they're building a culture that you may want to be part of so this advent consider uh ending your relationship with mainstream email sources and reboot your email with fide Go ahead and look them up. There's an address at the bottom of your screen or in the description box below for that. As we go on now to our main story of the morning, which is this happy, happy, bizarre, strange story here. Headline from templorodemaria.com. This is from a Brazilian news source, and I'm using Google Translate here for it. Archbishop prohibits Tridentine Mass, but allows Condomble within the church. Uh, I'm not really sure what that is, but that's not the part of the story that's important here. They, you're going to begin seeing soon bishops following what you see here. In the spirit of Traditionis Custodis really only points in one direction, which is the total elimination of the Mass, the pushing of traditional Catholics to the margins, eventually to us being declared not even Catholic. And that is, this bishop is just getting a head start on all the rest of it. He will not be punished for this. He will not receive an apostolic visitation. He may even become a cardinal because he is just doing what Francis was saying in when you read Traditionus Custodis between the lines. It's why so many of us saw coming when that document was issued that eventually even the FSSP and others are going to be prohibited from, from doing what they do despite some napkin promise that Francis gave them that they published on their website for some reason. From the article, quote, Archbishop Macheo excommunicates, in quotes, those who attend Tridentine masses and calls the priests who celebrate them heretics. Dom Antonio Muniz Fernandez, Metropolitan Archbishop of Macheo, during the celebration of the Solemnity of Christ the King, wonderful, this Sunday, made a decree prohibiting the Holy Mass in the extraordinary form of the Roman Rite, also known as traditional or Tridentine. It is permanently prohibited to hold or attend the so-called Tridentine Masses in the territory of the Archdiocese of Macheo. All those who know, attend, or invite are, in ex are excommunicated outside of unity with the Pope and with the commandments of the Church. These do not deserve the name Christians nor of Catholics. They provide an English or Spanish language video there for you to watch. During this week, another cleric caused controversy by explicitly persecuting believers who value the church's tradition. This time, the target was a music ministry that sang Gregorian songs during Holy Mass. I'm going to pause there. 
you remember some of you remember the story I've talked about with the Ciro Malabar right uh the big problem they're having in India with that liturgical form the documents of Vatican II one of the very few good documents of Vatican II told the rights of the Catholic Church that are not the Latin right to hold on to their tradition to not Latinize their masses because that had been a problem for a long time, but they're beginning to look more and more like the masses of the West. And instead, to hold on to their identity, the Cerro Malabar rite should look like the Cerro Malabar rite. The Maronite rite of mass should be the Maronite rite of mass. The Byzantine should remain Byzantine, all down the line of all 24 or so different liturgical forms offered in the Catholic Church. Of course, many people wonder why the Latin West wasn't able to get that same treatment, but that's a topic for another time. Francis has been trying to enforce that document in India, where the Cerro Malabar right are having a big internal debate about this stuff. And they and where you would have priests interrupting mass, trying to offer a mass at the same time as somebody as another priest. So that you'd have the priest offering the mass in the more traditional Cerro Malabar form. And another priest would come in with a bunch of parishioners, try to push him off the altar and offer their Novus Ordo version of the Cerro Malabar right at the same time. It was, it got really bad, like unbelievable things were happening there. This is what you're going to see here. Back to the article. In Fos de Croix on November 26th, the priest showed all his animosity for Catholic tradition, interrupting the mass to prevent the singing in Latin. Throughout the entire Holy Mass, he interrupted the singing in Latin. As if that wasn't enough, he used foul language and had a rude attitude from the beginning to the end of the celebration. To make matters worse, he said that he would not give communion in the mouth to anyone, and woe to anyone who dared to communion in the mouth with him. And then the article finishes up by going into a very, very almost too simplistic version of what the Tridentine Mass is. And for those who don't know, there's this mis there's a bit of just bad information out there. People try to tell you that the traditional Latin Mass was invented at the Council of Trent. It was not. The, count, the traditional Latin Mass was codified there, but it existed going back at least to the 4th century, and it developed over time. And their liturgical scholars will tell you that the traditional Latin Mass had changes made throughout its history, but it was essentially codified at the Council of Trent. And what St. Pius V did after the Council of Trent in his document, quote, Primum, was actually to ban Novus Ordos, new orders of the Mass. That's what he did. So uh, anything that was less than 200 years old were gone, swept away. Any form of the of the Western liturgy that was older than 200 years old at that time, like the Dominican use, the Carmelite use, and a few others, they were permitted to remain. But the traditional Mass goes back at least to the 4th century, and some scholars can tell you that it goes back to basically apostolic times in the natural development of the liturgy. This is an interesting forerunner of what's coming. This, what we're seeing there. The bishops there are, are telling Catholics that you are not a Catholic if you attend the traditional mass. That bishop in Brazil is telling you that you are excommunicated if you, if you attend the same mass that all of our ancestors did, that the doctors of the church and the saints of the church all universally did. If you believe the same things that they did, that you are not in communion with the Pope and the church and you cannot be called Catholic. I, I'm, it's one of those stories when I saw it, I couldn't actually quite believe it, but 
a little digging found it was absolutely true. It's not a joke. It's what they think, that we are excommunicated and not in union with the church and not deserving of the name Christian for attending the same masses as the saints. For attending that mass had developed organically since the time of the fourth century or even earlier. You know what? It's synodality. That's what it is. That is the false church of prophecy. That is the ape of the church. And they're just simply putting us all on notice. Not much more to say than that, folks. Let's go to the comments here. Raven races, don't tell me that Novus Ordo devotees will do the same and try to shove a tail on the uh, I don't know if that'll happen. I feel like I couldn't quite get to that because traditional Latin masses in most of the church at this point have been pushed outside of diocesan parishes and sent off into the hinterlands. Told properties, churches that the church owns in a diocese, you know, schools that aren't open or whatever, uh, well away from where you might have that. Raven Ray says, also says no one is diocese obliged to abandon. That's true. It's a, it's one of these things that you that is has no force of any reason behind it. After all, he's going further than even Francis did with Traditionis Custodis. But again, if you read Traditionis Custodis, the document itself explicitly calls for bishops to basically educate Catholics dedicated to the traditional forms of the liturgy and sacraments on how great the post-conciliar order of things is and to bring so that we can be brought back into the church, basically treating us as if we're already schismatic anyway. But yeah, that's where we are, folks. They, um, that's where we are. That's and he, that Bishop is just the first. That's all he is. Traditionalist Catholic says Candomblé is a syncretic Afro-Brazilian religion. Okay, yeah, I mean that makes sense. The uh, it's it's more Pacamama nonsense. It's that's all it is. And are you surprised? I mean, the Pacamama nonsense is an is an outgrowth of liberation theology, and liberation theology is sort of the ruling paradigm, especially in South America, but in the Church in general. Now, we've all well, not all of us, obviously, but main the mainline church has become very liberation theolo theology in at least its sympathies if not overtly the uh so far no one has actually been excommunicated yet but uh, i expect we're going to see more news on that colby says that, they, that the people like this wouldn't believe anything all they have is love of money power and attention it's true it is true this is the stuff that uh our lady of the good event of the purification warned us about in quito ecuador it's a it's a marian apparition that for some reason in the english-speaking world gets called our lady of good success and then people turn it into sort of a joel osteen kind of like marian apparition which is weird because if you read her messages she talks about exactly stuff going on in the church now and that only through prayer and fasting will things be overcome and eventually things will be overcome hence why it's our lady of the good event of the purification purification being of the church <laughs> It will happen eventually. And that's why I don't call her a good, good success, because, again, it's an English language oddity that you don't find outside of the English-speaking world, especially North America. Good morning, Anthony. <laughs> um, hope all's going well, given the stuff that's been going on on Twitter for you. Hope all's going well. That's all I'm going to say on that. But um, any final comments on this in the in the chat, please, because we're... This is a story that I will have all my sources for at returntotradition.org here in the next several minutes. Well, about half an hour, really, once my video for the day is getting ready to go live. Um, <laughs> don't, yeah, 
that you, that, I don't post on Twitter much for a reason. We'll say <laughs> that's all I'm going to say on that. But um, this is uh, things are heating up, folks. Things are heating up. We are heading more and more towards what they really have. What they what the uh, the forces laid against the sacred tradition really do think. What happens when there becomes a large number of traditionalists who become an influential sum? Well, that's the thing. When you look at the numbers, mass attendance, baptisms, all the rest of the sacramental data, it becomes pretty obvious that unless something dramatically changes, then then the parishes that will be left standing will be the ones that are friendly to, to sacred tradition. It just will be. There will be a few outliers here and there. But the numbers are pointing in one direction in the long run. But they're also not the best even for us because of the forces in the world and how for a lot of traditional Catholics, we talk a good game, but we don't live a good game. That's why if you want, that's why the best advice anybody can give you is if you want to see the church restore to its full glory, then it begins that that restoration begins internally with living a sacramental life keeping the devotions. This is why I began today with reminding you that it's the first Friday today and tomorrow's first Saturday. If you've been beginning thinking about beginning those things, this is a wonderful time to do it. It begins with, you know, spiritual action on your own part by having, you know, living an internal conversion. All right, folks. I You might be able to tell that I'm not feeling great this morning. So I'm going to wrap it up here. But please pray for everybody involved. Uh, the articles for today's video will go live at returntotradition.org shortly. I've got a really important video tomorrow that's definitely going to get a lot of debates going. So let's get let's all work on how we can work together on supporting the church in these times. Anyway, as always, thanks for watching. Pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria. <laughs>